0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the podcast podcast for study of modern visual culture. I am Renu, your Ibo alchemist. Because today we're talking about Full Metal Alchemist, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, the Soup Alchemist.
1: <laughs> Hello, I I do nothing but transmute soup into other <laughs> soups.
0: I feel like Arakawa could probably come up with a good uh, creative use for that. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh so yeah, before we get into all of the alchemists, um, what have you been up to?
1: I have been up to uh you know what? I'm gonna be honest. Mostly what I've been doing is just watching full metal alchemists. <laughs> <laughs> because... So me
0: a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Right, because
1: for some reason I decided that it would be a great idea to watch the entire original series, and then to watch Brotherhood, and then also to get as far as I could in the manga, but by that point I was just like, I, uh, like, my
0: eyeballs. <laughs> yeah i I did that too, except like I was like i i didn't even get into the manga. I had the goal of reading the manga after I'd finished all the animu stuff uh but then I just never got around to it
1: <laughs> well, I got eleven episodes or eleven chapters into it rather so
0: oh, there you go
1: I got somewhere i mm-hmm. guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh mostly I've really just been Watching Full Metal Alchemist.
0: <laughs> good, good use of your break. <laughs> uh,
1: and I have also been playing a lot of Granblue Fantasy, which is what got me through all of Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs>
0: uh huh. <laughs> you have
1: no idea how much Granblue Fantasy I've been playing.
0: I don't have any idea.
1: <laughs> it's actually, it's actually pretty silly, because I was, I was working like m- the love life thing 90- now they're doing the Love Life thing and okay. you should you should play if you want the, the Love Life characters.
0: I don't really want but okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're also giving away free free rolls, so.
0: I'm doing that.
1: Okay. Okay. Well you should you should grab them because they're you know, they're SSRs at the very least, so they have the shiny gold border, and then you can feel nice about it when you look at them. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm getting them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think the second part starts at some point tonight. Oh, I think it's like 3 a.m. my time. Never mind. That's not doable for you. Nope. Nope. But, yeah. I started at rank 89 to 90. Yeah. Before, before my binge. And then mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was rank like 110. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hit high level. Uh-huh. I hit high level content. I made a... Technically a fourth tier job. So the the fourth row of jobs. Yeah. yeah. Except I, I basically cheesed it. And instead of doing one of the other character... Because uh, they have... So the way that the classes work is that for the fourth row of classes, you need to unlock and element change a weapon... Um, Mm -hmm. and each weapon corresponds to a class, and, you know, you use the weapon with that class, ideally. Okay. But there's a thing you can do where there's extra, there's extra classes, and then there's extra two classes, so there's, like, row two extra classes, and for those classes, you have to element change the specific weapon for that class, because the row four class you can unlock as soon as you element change any, any of the class champion weapons, but, the X2 ones are not like that, so I did Murakumo, which is the, the one for the samurai class, and I unlocked Kengo, and then that also unlocked all the row four classes. And basically, all you need to know about it is it takes such a ridiculous amount of materials, it's not even funny.
0: I don't know anything of what you just said, so I'll trust you.
1: <laughs> trust me when I say it just it took a really long time.
0: I believe it. <laughs> but I did it! I did it! <laughs> good job! Congratulations!
1: Yep. yep, yep. I've been I've been making good good progress in Grand Blue Fantasy.
0: You're gonna be the most OP, and you'll carry me to victory too.
1: Listen, I'll carry you to victory anytime you want me to.
0: <laughs> Thanks, <Like>, buddy. <beauty. laughs>
1: if you want to just go in and like hit a a boss once, I'll just carry the rest for you. Don't worry about it.
0: i tend to do that get into a raid way harder than i can ever handle and hit it once and then all my reserve members come out and i'll just sit there (laughs) until it's done
1: it's okay that's how that's how you're supposed (laughs) to play grand blue fantasy it's really just that until you get to a point where you can be the person who does damage
0: that'd be great
1: But yeah, other than that, I it's I mean, I'm still not in the exciting part of my break, technically. Or I'm in the lull between exciting things. I'm going to go to New York on Thursday. Oh. So a day after the podcast is supposed to air. Although I might upload it early, depending on when my schedule aligns. Because I, I have some other stuff to do this week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to book a flight to Europe. And be there for a bit.
0: Oh, how long are you going to be in New York and Europe?
1: Well, I'm going to be in New York for like four nights, technically, I think. Oh. So we go, we leave Thursday and we come back Sunday. No, Monday? Monday. Mm. Yeah, we come back Monday. And basically, I'm going to book the flight to Europe tonight because I think think the the money just came in for that in my account. So I'll do that, and I'll probably stay there for around two weeks.
0: Whoa, that's dope. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's going to be interesting, because uh, I've basically decided I'm going to throw all my plans out the window and just just hang out,
0: basically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: just going to go there and get lost on purpose, and hopefully something cool comes out.
0: Yeah, just be safe. But, you know, that also hopefully, is an adventure.
1: Hopefully, I couldn't convince <laughs> any of my friends, so I will be going alone.
0: Oh, my freaking God. Now I'm worried about you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm fine. I'll be fine, probably.
0: I don't know. I actually was going to say, like, is our mutual friend Scythe going to be there while you're there? Is, I is he know. still
1: in France?
0: Yeah, he's still in France right now. I
1: don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I'll go to France.
0: Uh, I mean, I probably where are you should. going?
1: Yeah, I don't know, dude. I think <laughs> I think I'm just gonna like fly into Stockholm and figure it out from there.
0: Oh my god, you need more of a plan than that. <laughs> eh, trains. <gasps> You're stressing me out.
1: <laughs> I'll just go there, get some 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 food, figure out trains how they work, and then I'll just be.
0: I mean, I'm also really loosey-goosey about my plans, too, but I at least set days for things. Like, if I'm going to be in another country, right? It's just like, okay, I need to make sure that I see all the things that I want to see in the limited amount of time I have, so I should divvy it out like this.
1: Oh, see, I have no (laughs) idea what I want to see, so I'm just going to go walk around until I see something cool.
0: Oh, my gosh. I want you to be there with someone. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, who let you go alone oh my god Uh, listen
1: my friends are busy or have no money or both
0: Uh,
1: this is how it be it's just how it be
0: (laughs) this is why I'm the parent
1: (laughs) I mean I would have I preferred to go with somebody but it just didn't work out that way
0: Okay. Yeah. Be extra careful.
1: All right. And what are you? What are you going to
0: check in with me every now and then? Okay.
1: I'll make sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Yeah. I'm I'll make sure I'm still alive.
0: Okay. Okay. Anyway. What have I, 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 so a long time ago, not a long time ago. I mean, like a couple of years ago, I tried to give Jojo a chance. Right. Okay. <laughs> From the beginning. Like I start, I popped up season one, episode one. And then I dropped it after like halfway through episode 1. Okay. And so then I was like, no, I'm going to try really hard this time. And so I made it through episode 1 uh, like a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was so much. I need to take a break." <laughs> and then okay. I watched I finally watched episode 2 yesterday.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Oh man, I have so many conflicted feelings about JoJo. But uh just based on like um what I saw so far. Cause I have a lot of friends who love JoJo and so I really want to, you know, be able to talk with them about it and understand the phenomena that is JoJo. But uh I feel like I have to work through a lot of things before I get to the stuff that I'll really like. Um, and episode one made it really difficult for me, but, uh, uh...
1: that's, that's what I hear. I think the (laughs) first season is the seasons are like the arcs of the story are vastly different to each other to almost a ridiculous degree. Hmm. And not that I've ever seen it, mind you, but this is just what I've heard. And Mm -hmm. that the first one is the most like kind of generic
0: that's that's what I've heard, too, um, that the good stuff doesn't come into the later seasons, so I'm like, okay, I guess I just gotta get through, like, the build-up and, and all the origin stuff, right? Like, where you figure out where the JoJo's come from, <laughs> and, and where Dio comes from. Oh my god. It was so hard, Soup! Like, spoilers for, like, episode one, but... There's some very serious animal abuse slash death in episode one and I it hurt.
1: <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> womp womp.
0: Okay, hang yeah. on.
1: I will probably watch Jojo actually yeah. now yeah. that you've mentioned it because I yeah. did I do need something to watch while playing Grand Fantasy because I I ran at a full metal alchemist, right? Yeah so i watched the entirety of seven deadly sins oh my god and then i watched the entirety of overlord
0: oh my god
1: and now i'm halfway through my what is it uh little witch academia oh so you know i'm just using this as an opportunity to catch up on all the things that i missed
0: i think jojo could be a good fit then because you don't
1: there's just a lot of it need
0: to pay a whole lot of attention to it you need to pay some right yeah but i am i will say is, I,
1: I do think it's perfect because it, it has good, just yeah. just the right amount of of action and like stuff like that but at the same time exactly i'm getting, I'm getting pretty good at at watching things while playing <laughs>
0: specifically Cause. things that have <laughs>
1: subtitles at first i was a little worried i was like mm, this is gonna be okay turns out yeah it's fine it's fine yeah
0: yeah it's fine i i have done the grand blues while watching anime and yeah. it was fine
1: sometimes i play grand blue while watching the anime that we watch together because sometimes it's boring
0: <laughs> i agree <laughs> i have done this <laughs>
1: I don't remember specifically what what show it was during, but I've definitely just been like, well, I've I'm only paying half attention.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll admit that even though I've been enjoying Hanebato, I do multitask during Hanebato because I'm that person that like, if I immerse myself too much in the very ridiculous heavy drama, I'll get really angry at the show and stop watching. <laughs> so i have okay. to like ta- take myself back out of it
1: <laughs> that's fair yeah i mean whatever it's good
0: yeah love me some <laughs> grand
1: blue fantasies
0: yeah um but yeah i mean stuff that i really liked about jojo is like how well they animate all of the manga aesthetics so i've been living for that
1: <laughs> man the aesthetic is so weird and it's
0: kind of great It's kind of great seeing, like, these children that look like grown adults, and then when they actually reach adulthood, you're like, oh, I ain't seen nothing yet.
1: (laughs) Right, you're like, oh, you've gone from, like, what I imagined a man to look like to, like, a a super, like, a (laughs) man-man. You've become, like, a double man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I get you, I get you. Yeah, (laughs) it's so funny. I love seeing the side-by-side shots of, like... One of the Jojo characters and it's like 17. And then like yeah. another character who's like 20. But like yeah. looks so much younger because anime.
0: <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's, it
1: is It is very good.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's all I've been up to really. Attempting to watch Jojo and preparing for conventions and stuff. I think we'll both be traveling around the same time.
1: Mm, that makes sense yeah i'm i mean obviously the podcast is going to have to take a little break when i'm not here but <gasps> but like it'll be it will miss like a week <gasps> out, out of a, i mean we only obviously update twice a month usually <laughs> but we'll miss one of those so <laughs> oh no what will we do what will we do oh no ah
0: <laughs> we will suffer <laughs>
1: Well, this week X yeah. stands for Alchemist Tragedy because we're going to be talking about Full Metal Alchemist. We Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. We should have <laughs> Do done that for the, the opening.
0: The intervention. Full Metal Alchemist.
1: <laughs> God, we sh- That's how we should have started the podcast. We should have started it with Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: You say full metal alchemist and I'll say full metal alchemist slightly differently.
0: Okay. I'll I'll do that that creepy one that he does where it was like, hey, full metal alchemist."
1: <laughs> do it.
0: I just did it. Go.
1: <laughs> full metal alchemist.
0: Oh my god, wow.
1: <laughs> I love I love that also the I watched on Netflix, and Netflix uses the, uh, I guess, like, the Blu-ray or something as, as their basis, which makes sense. But it's, it's so funny to hear, like, you know, the, uh, to watch it in Japanese and have the, the whole thing be going on in Japanese. And then mm-hmm. in the middle, just in English, Full Metal Alchemist.
0: Yeah. Shing!
1: <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what yep. can I say? Did you, did you watch the sub or the dub?
0: I watched the sub for both.
1: Okay, me too. Okay. And the reason I real I'm going to be honest, the reason I did it was was twofold. So the first okay. reason was I started with the original series. hmm and the English dub of that is bad.
0: <laughs> which is
1: I think kind of funny, because they the voice casts for the two are pretty similar. they get. They get, uh, you know, Vic back for (laughs) for Ed. And I mean, he does a better job in Brotherhood. Like, he's just a better voice actor by then. But even more than that, I couldn't handle. Okay, I did it for like an, I did it for maybe three episodes at most. Mm -hmm. Because I could not handle the script writing and the translation for for the dub of the original series cuz this was back in 2003 or 2004 when anime dubbing was like not amazing and it's yeah it's somewhat nostalgic i have to admit yeah but at the same time it was it was just getting to a point where i couldn't bear it i was like the pain that i'm going through of listening to these people talk like cardboard cutouts is yeah. worse than the nostalgia that I'm getting from having watched this in English originally.
0: Yeah, I felt the exact same way, and uh, it it basically got to a point where I was just like, I feel like I'm lessening my experience right now by forcing myself to rewatch the dub, because like I I think the part that that hurt, or at least like that I did not enjoy, uh, was. Usually, like, the the awkward pauses, you know, in the middle of a sentence because they're trying to match the lip flaps. Yeah. <laughs> and it throws off the entire pacing of their sentence structure and the, the tension or mood or whatever they're trying to convey with... You know, they, they're good voice actors, and then they get better later on. However, yeah, the, the script writing isn't super great, and then the fact that they also have to match timing is really difficult. And so it's gonna come out not super stellar... And gonna sound awkward no matter what, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is
1: not amazing. Uh, it, not not good. I will I will say that the script writing is a lot lot better by Brotherhood. Brotherhood it is, is is at least a watchable dub, if not like a good to great one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like gosh
1: i you all you the only like all you have to look at is the one scene where mustang is at at uh, hughes's funeral and like if you listen to because i i did this specifically i listened to the english versions for all three um or for both of them and then the the I, i also watched them in the subbed versions and it's like so awkward in the original because the english translation is like god what is it it's just like Oh, it's it sucks that it's raining or whatever. I mean, obviously it's not even not that bad, but like it is so it is so ugh, ugh, it is stiff. It it's bad. It's it's just like someone literally translated it, dolled up the grammar to make sure it made sense, and then just stuck it in. Whereas in in Brotherhood, you know, he says like, "Oh, it's a terrible day for rain," which is an amazing line to convey the feeling behind that scene. Mm-hmm. Also, I love Travis Willingham.
0: Travis Willingham is great.
1: <laughs> how, how did it feel listening to this and just hearing like half of Critical Role?
0: It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Laura Bailey! <laughs> oh, Travis! Oh, they're killing each other!"
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, those are those are the only two scenes that I watched in in English for all of them.
0: Mm, and I uh, oof. yeah, it was it was rough. Like I think. There's a part when I was cleaning my apartment, and it was during one of the fillers, so I was just like, "Okay, I'll just put the English dub on," and that was rough. <laughs> I was <laughs> vacuuming, and I could barely hear it, and it was a little rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not D- dubbing got a lot better in the six years between these two series.
0: I I'm 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 glad at the strides we made and. Uh, I do still have like a certain nostalgia for two thousands dubs, um, but I will I will prefer you know the sub <laughs> in this case. <laughs> in in this case,
1: I think I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think some some dubs are bearable from that era, yeah. but this is not one of them. <laughs> is is I think the way that I would put that. Sure. Yeah. So let's. Let's talk about it. Man, let's yeah. let's talk about let's talk about how the original series, "quote unquote original," is compared to what little I've read of the manga and also to Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, so for those that do not know, the original series covers to a certain point in the manga, but then they ran out of manga, so they had to have their like anime only sort of ending, right? yep and Brotherhood is the opposite where they phone in basically the first sixteen or so episodes, yep, because the original series already covered it better, and yep. then the last fifty or so episodes are covering what was covered in in the manga, basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they do different things, and I do think it's valuable to watch both of them because i will say that i think the original series does some of the emotional beats in the story better than the manga even because i think
0: 100 percent, yeah
1: because i think it had time to develop and hit those beats yeah whereas even in the manga like so like this is the one thing that gets i feel like brought up a lot and Obviously, it's, like, the thing that we have to talk about and the thing that I'm going to bring up, which is the sh- the show Tucker thing. Yes. So, the show Tucker thing happens over the course of one episode in the in Brotherhood, two episodes yeah. in the original series, and one chapter in the manga. Yeah. And of all of them, the original series hits the hardest. Yeah. Because they build up the relationship between show Tucker and his daughter and the Elric brothers in a way that is a lot better. And it it turns the emotional turnaround of, like, the plot twist of that arc into something that actually hits pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I... I liked the... Uh, I do have to say, like, I like the juxtaposition that they set up in Brotherhood where... Um, when Ed and Al are first arriving in Central, they stay with Hughes's family. And, you know, it's a really nice, pleasant environment. It's a nice, happy family. You get to see Gracia and, and, you know, and then it's all innocent, right? And then, uh, later on is when they meet Show. Um, and you don't really see it coming, you know, all, all the stuff that goes down with his daughter. Um, whereas, uh, in the original series, yeah, they do have that buildup because in the original series, they, they tell it in a way that Ed hasn't become a state alchemist yet. And so he's taking the exam. And so he's staying with show to, to learn some stuff, maybe research, uh, some of that life alchemy that he's got going on at his place that he's researching, um, and then you get a really close bond because the the boys and Nina and their doggo all get to play together and spend time together and you don't ever predict that something is gonna happen until maybe like somewhere in the middle of like the second episode, you start having suspicions because show is getting really, really pressured and you can see it starting to affect him. <laughs> and yeah it's it like it hits you like a truck um and because the pacing in Brotherhood, and I guess the manga too is so fast, you don't get that slow like l- like lulled into a sense of security
1: yeah, yeah, and i mean in in this case, Brotherhood is actually closer to the manga in terms of how it follows that storyline, but I mm-hmm. think the original series. Does it better?
0: Yeah, like I think, so I, I think
1: placing it chronologically before the the exam and having mm-hmm. having them build up to it is like it it is. I I think it hits all of the kind of um, you know emotional beats, which is like a thing I've been saying a lot. But the reason that it works is because Show Tucker goes from being like a dude that's just kind of evil right in the manga and brotherhood to somebody who is like a sympathetic, but twisted individual. Right. Yeah. Because I agree. In, in brotherhood and the manga, the, the deal with show Tucker is that, you know, he wants to do this thing because science and, you know, whatever, fuck ethics, I guess. But in, in the original series, and I th- I think we get glimpses of this in in the manga and in Brotherhood, but in the original series it develops it a lot more. And I I think this is the case for a lot of the original series, which is that it actually handles a lot of the characters pretty well. I I think it gets a lot of flack for how off the rails its ending goes, yeah. but you know, in terms of actual characters, I think I think a lot of them it handles honestly really really well like the thing about show tucker is Mm -hmm. that he's not just some evil dude right he is obviously somebody who you know went through a lot of of trouble and a lot of hardships to get to where he was and to live in this like big house and obviously like okay he transmuted his wife that's fucked up yeah but it it gets it gets you know when when the and because show tucker doesn't die in the original series until much much later Mm-hmm. And, and does he even die at all i actually don't it doesn't it functionally doesn't matter
0: he disappears
1: yeah he he like disappears but functionally he's you know he's not he's not dead in the first you know part of the series and so yeah you get a little bit more into it and it's it paints this figure who is like a really good foil to to edward mm-hmm. as as an alchemist because yeah you know they're both doing it for the sake of their family it's just that show tucker made a wrong turn and and i think that the original series what they get really really down is you know because uh show is is helping them you know become state alchemists or helping ed become Mm -hmm. a state alchemist you you get to build a lot more of you know show tucker is somebody who worked really hard to be in the position he's in he's not like you know gifted with alchemy necessarily right Mm -hmm, it's something mm -hmm. that he studies whereas you know edward is someone who can be perceived to be a genius because he's only 12 when he takes the exam yeah right even though that's not necessarily the case because uh, it is and it isn't because obviously you know his his blood is like oh you your dad was an alchemist like you know Right, and you grew up around alchemical books. You know, growing up in that kind of environment where you have easy access to that will make it so that you are are more apt to that. But it's not that he was like,
0: it's not that it's he not got that there he through talent alone, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and the fact that in in the original series, it eventually ends up that Show Tucker is, you know, trying to use the the philosopher's stone to to create a a Nina, right? It's it kind of capstones this this arc of just a broken man trying to protect his family, even
0: even if yeah. the way that
1: he got there was by transmuting into his entire family.
0: It, yeah, it's kind of like he gets so caught up in the process of like providing for his family that he doesn't end up protecting that he doesn't actually end up preserving his family. Um, and I think that's such a it's a powerful message because that is something that. People can relate to like, like on a less magical sense, quote unquote, because that's something that happens in real life where, you know, there are a lot of families out there that, you know, a parent might go through really long hours, work like three jobs, something like that to provide, excuse me, provide for the kids. But the kids feel like because their parent is so stressed and everything like that, that they have no bond with that parent or that parent because they have so much pressure that they might lash out at their family or something like that and end up actually damaging the family more than they're helping. So I think there are a lot of parallels like that in Full Metal that are really really they they hit so hard. Yeah, I mean I I think there are a
1: lot of ideas about parenthood in mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a really big theme actually in in the mm-hmm. in the series and you get that through all the different characters because you know you have Hohenheim who just fucking leaves He's, he just goes it's <laughs> like oh, the, a prime see example you. of
0: the absent parent the
1: absent parent you got dead parent yeah you have Izumi who is i want to be a parent but uh-oh yeah and and so on and so forth right yeah Cause I think I think one of the, the biggest themes in Full Metal Alchemist is about family. Cause obviously yeah. the 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 series is carried by the bond between the two brothers and, mm-hmm. and everyone around them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean it, Edward literally sacrifices his arm. Like <laughs> it's like, take my arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think having it be two episodes and having it be a gradual build-up because of, you know, that that lead-up to the exam is, it lends to a better, better arc. Because I think in in the manga, it's not necessarily like a throwaway, but it's not one of the most important points. Whereas in the original series, because they do have time to develop it, right? They, they mm-hmm. do, and it feels yeah. good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh... I think probably because in the manga in the grand scheme of things, the Show Tucker episode isn't as powerfully related to everything else that's going on. Um, and that's why it's not really treated as super important, but it is important, like you said, as a foil to what Ed could have been if he was too like uh too scientifically focused and and cold. Towards uh his fellow human beings. Uh and I really like in at least in the original series, I don't rem I don't know if they do in the manga, but how they place the whole Liore arc uh right basically right before the they show the, the the Tucker arc. Um because you meet Rose who is very, you know, sympathetic towards other people, you know, she's very emotional, she's very faithful and and dogmatic uh and that's very sharply contrasted to ed who's like all science and stuff like that and he even like berates her while she's praying in the church and (laughs) all this other stuff uh and kind of like in his opinion i guess from his point of view gives her like a slap of reality like you know your priest uh cornello is he's a sham blah 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 and it destroys her uh and and it makes Ed come off as really cold and really being that cold scientist, but then you see towards the end that he is human. He's just trying to teach her how to be strong and stand on her own two feet. And then right after that you get to see like the absolute opposite swing of the spectrum with Show Tucker.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously the the Show Tucker arc is actually also really important when it comes to when it comes down to how it affects the the two brothers? Because I think it is a little understated just how much of a driving force that becomes for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it is the moment when, and I do see that's the reason I actually, I actually also really like the fact that it's contrasted with the Leor arc because mm-hmm. it is, you know, it is this this moment when Ed realizes that you know he's just like an insignificant human being yeah and like like i I think he says something pretty much pretty much to that effect where he's just like you know i'm just i'm just an insignificant human being who can't even save a little girl right yeah so it's i i feel like i feel like his kind of you know his his hostility towards rose you know blindly believing in father cornello is in part an admonishment of himself even for thinking that he can Play God, and
0: I think so too. And, yeah, you
1: know, transmute his mom back to life. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's I think what is so cool about *Fullmetal Alchemist* as a series mm-hmm. is that all of the, you know, there's there's a lot of this like kind of overarching plot stuff that happens, but all of it comes down to being motivated by characters and by character yeah. desires, and in a in a lot of ways, when it comes to the protagonists, all of their Tragedies come as a result of their, of their good good traits, right? Like, right. This is this is kind of the, the mar the mark of a tragedy, which is that you know someone's someone's boons, someone's good traits are what inevitably lead them to sadness, right? Right. Like the the Elric brothers are are loving and they're smart and you know they will they will do anything for their family, to the point where they you know commit the ultimate alchemical taboo you know
0: yeah yeah and i i think that's so important to to discuss yeah uh because it's that's like a common theme with a lot of a lot of the characters in this story but also uh people in general is like everyone thinks that they're doing the right thing but then if you take a step back and take you know if you're able to step outside of yourself and see how far you're going with it then then you're able to see like oh it's a bad thing but you don't you don't think of that in the in the moment because you're so like highly invested in what you believe in and in your own ideals that that you don't see it and that's when that's when the tragedies are born
1: yeah i mean also like you know in in a lot of ways they they end up becoming kind of unavoidable like yeah absolutely f- your your greatest strengths become your greatest weaknesses in in a sense mm-hmm. and yeah, I will say that I the thing that I really like about it is that all of the characters I feel like can act as foils for each other and especially like the main cast and the homunculi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we get to see that unfold so gradually is so interesting. Yeah. You know, you you have Ed and Al. So. Ed and Al are on, on this journey to basically make things right, you know, whereas Scar is also on a very similar journey, you know, to make things right in his own vision. And yeah. they're both motivated by very similar things. Yeah. But then their paths diverge. And so you can, you can kind of look at these two characters as, as two sides of a coin, where you know mm-hmm. if show tucker is like the reflection of, of ed's scientific pursual at any cost you know scar is 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 this desire to to make things right and to atone at any cost
0: yeah i think the the contrast between ed and al versus scar is really really such an important driving force of the series because you you have ed and al who they have in, a, in, in their own minds, basically lost everything, right? They lost their mom. They, they burned down their own home. They lost their bodies. Uh, they have no father, essentially. Uh, and they're on a quest to, at the very least, get something that they can get back, which is their bodies. And then contrast that with Scar, who uh, he would basically be in Alphonse's position, right? He's, he has his body, but he's lost everything else, right? It's, uh, it's almost like the opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the way that you you get to see how they change each other is so, so cool. Uh, like, Alphonse's compassion towards Scar, and also Scar basically, there are key mo- moments in the series where he kind of, like, by observing their brotherly bond, goes softer on them, right? Because he, he's reminded of his own bond with his brother. Uh but at the same time, he's still committed to his ideals and and getting revenge for Ishval, and um, so I I love that the author makes them both so central, and and you follow both of their journeys throughout the whole series. I
1: mean, it's it's nice because they they build so naturally too, and that's like I think yeah. one of the the greatest strengths that Fullmetal Alchemist has, which is everything happens so so gradually but never in a boring way mm-hmm. it it always it always feels like things are being built on top of already already existing things and when something new is introduced you know it's there for a reason mm-hmm. i will say that i liked the episode about the the fake edward elric <laughs> Apparently, okay. So I didn't know this, but apparently this uh-huh. was adapted from the first light novel, which I didn't know there were light novels. Me neither. But I also I also liked that episode as a foil for for them in kind of a kind of a blatant, obvious kind of hand-fisted way. And I think this goes pretty broadly for the original series as a whole, which is it's not very it's it's a lot less subtle about its themes than than Brotherhood is even. And, and the manga is because Mm -hmm. in, in a sense, like brotherhood does this thing where, you know, father, the, the homunculus, you know, dwarf in the flask says, like, just says outright like, ah, yes, you lost your, your bodies to hold your, your families with. And the man who only stared at the future, uh, lost his eyeballs Or whatever, right?
0: Oh yeah, when he was summarizing everything. When he's like summarizing all this, and it's like, (laughs) oh yeah,
1: yeah, right? Like that was that was probably the most blatant it gets in Brotherhood, but like the original series is is kind of like that all the time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty. It also, I mean, I will say, I think, I think that for all of all of the faults that it has that have been found in the original series it is still entertaining and it still does a really good yeah. job especially with the earlier arcs which i will get into later yeah. about why i think those are important yeah and i think it it does a pretty good job with the homunculi i thought i thought that the the direction they went with oh their you know originally failed human transmutation attempts was kind of interesting yes and I,
0: I do think that's interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: They kind of go with this like lich phylactery situation where it's like, oh, if you show them the bones of the person they were based on, they'll they'll be weakened. Which I thought, okay, that's, that's right. pretty interesting. Sure. Now, yeah, I will say that there is it, it begins to fall apart a little bit thematically when they when they start talking about that because it's like. Oh, okay. I get yeah. it. Like, um, you know, them some
0: plot holes. <laughs> yeah,
1: they start. They they're start. They start to appear. Not that they're not present in like the in Brotherhood or like the the original manga, but they're a lot sure. smaller.
0: they're a lot smaller. Yes, yes.
1: And it's it's because they don't really go into. And okay, one of the greatest sins of the original <laughs> series is that they do not touch very strongly on my boy, Greed, who's my favorite character. Yo,
0: Greed!
1: <laughs> but even even beyond that, you know, it's... Yeah. They get to a point where the homunculi as Sin starts to not make a lot of
0: sense. Yeah.
1: You know, Sloth is... Sloth, as as, you know, Ed and Al's mom kind of checks out it's like okay you know sloth is is the uh you know standing still not doing anything staying in one place which acts as a foil for ed and al who have to keep moving forward but then like okay. wrath makes zero sense whatsoever ah yes child <laughs> anger okay <laughs>
0: that's it as far as izumi's I got, I think of anything <laughs> izumi's child with ed's
1: limbs <laughs> yeah and like uh, all credit they did go interesting places with that it's like oh he can do alchemy whereas normal homunculi can't because of that i was like oh that's yeah. actually pretty cool but like why do you have those it, <laughs> like you're from the other side but then why did you cut co- i i don't get it i don't get i
0: think it. i think they did explain it which is that wrath was one of the 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 little purpley-eyed souls yeah, on the, the other side the of gate the door children, which i don't yeah and he he was the one that like he basically used the opportunity while Ed was basically, you know, sacrificing his limbs to grab them for himself. That's yeah. what he explained it as. You know what? But yeah. <laughs> I think the reason that I don't
1: dig that is because I just like what the original does better. Yeah. And obviously I'll get into that too.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, I mean I will I will say I I did feel like I did feel something. Like, I, it's not like I was completely emotionless during the scenes when, when Ed is, like, killing his mom again.
0: Yeah. Because I, 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 think,
1: I think that's a pretty yeah. good, like, capstone for that.
0: I think the, the parts where it started to lose me, was, was even before that, was uh, the whole Laboratory 5 thing. Like, after, obviously after the uh, Barry the Chopper and all that, but... When Ed gets taken down to where the where they were making a philosopher's stone and he has to debate whether or not to sacrifice the prisoners to make a philosopher's stone right there, right then and there for Al. And he's really, really tempted and almost does it. I was like, freaking Ed, are you (laughs) not?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I wasn't super (laughs) into that either.
0: Nothing! I was so angry because they just wasn't it before that that he had that whole arc with the, even like, even the filler arc with the Red Water and the fake Elrics, and then before that has Show Tucker. Like, he has all of these examples of why he shouldn't sacrifice other people for the sake of a Philosopher's Stone, and even even the Lior, right? And so that's, like, one of the parts of the, the series that I really just did not disagree with, that I thought that they mischaracterized him so much, because... Yeah.
1: Yeah, it no. felt like
0: they threw away all of that just to give him this like, oh, he would totally be tempted by this right now because he's so focused on his goal. It's like he's never he's never gone that far.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think I think that's also something that Brotherhood does better because they they present mm-hmm. that exact same moral quandary, but with Roy Mustang, and I think that's a yes. much more interesting space to explore because mustang in that scenario is a much more interesting character because ed has already gone through that development
0: yes whereas
1: mustang you know we haven't seen necessarily do that
0: i think so Mm -hmm.
1: okay there is one character i think above all else that the original series handles better and i think that's lust Mm. i think lust Mm. is so much more interesting in the original series
0: yeah, I think so, too. They gave her a whole backstory. They they gave
1: her a whole backstory. They gave her motivation. Whereas mm-hmm. in in Fullmetal Alchemist, like the manga and Brotherhood, she's just kind of like an evil, sexy lady. I, I will yeah. say, I don't think that's such a cardinal sin for the manga and, and Brotherhood, just because... Of all of the other female characters in the in the series that are are in contrast that are as as well developed as Lust is in the original series. I sure. just like the fact that Lust was developed in the original series. And Yeah. And, you know, despite the fact that I think that it was kind of like a a shoddy uh gambit to begin with, the the whole thing about like, oh homuncula just want to become human beings. Right, just like no, it just doesn't doesn't even remotely check it out. It Doesn't well, yeah, it
0: doesn't it, ring for me either. So here's <laughs> the
1: reason. Okay, the reason it doesn't ring for me is because it makes too obvious and too blatant something that is like it's it's too. I I think blatant is the right word. It's too blatant for for what it is because mm. in in the manga and brotherhood and it is understated. Right, like it's kind of underlying the themes that that it, it is like that right mm. where i i think that for the most part at least the the homunculi that get developed and are explored are to some extent you know jealous of humans and and have some desire to become humans but as a result of of father of homunculus being somewhat desiring of becoming a human right mhm Whereas in in the original series, it's just like, okay, but why, though? (laughs) And I I think Lust was really the only person, uh, the only, like, homunculus who really had any stake in that whatsoever. Mm. And, like, also just, like, did you really think even for, like, a single second that Dante would make you human beings? (laughs) Like, that person is so obviously evil, (laughs) (laughs)
0: just like that vampire in sirius the jaeger
1: yeah it's, it's just like it's like it's so obvious that that's not gonna happen like i do any of you actually want that
0: i think they i think they addressed it once uh, I think, I think maybe Ed or someone called them out on it in, in the series, in the original series where they were like, did you really believe Dante was going to do this for you? And then I think, I think it might've been Lust who was basically like, uh, I mean, we had no choice. Like she was our only chance kind of thing. Um, mm. so I think that was their reasoning for it, but yeah, it was, and I think I've, I've read other discussions about it too, where it's like, maybe because of the way that they're born that homunculi have this like innate sense of of uh, incompleteness that they think that the way that can it, it can be filled is by becoming human and i think that you you see it a lot with lust but you also kind of see it a lot with wrath because he's so desperate to get all of ed's body for himself and then become human so that he can be with mom or whatever yeah uh, yeah
1: i i think that that makes sense i will say mm-hmm. it it is kind of like strange to me that they kept wrath alive throughout the entire, in, like through the the, in, the entire series, just to kill him off in Sh- Conqueror Shambhala.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in the
1: first, like what twenty minutes, <laughs> just immediately, like ah. Uh.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. I think the only the one part that I did like about uh, lusts. Arc in in Brotherhood is is basically the fight between her and Mustang. <laughs> I think that was probably the only part that I enjoyed in that more than in the original series. But yeah, I think
1: <laughs> Oh, I I think some I mean, of the way
0: that they handled it was <laughs> Listen, I
1: My God, it, it is maybe one of the <laughs> best scenes in all of anime when Mustang kills Lust in Brotherhood.
0: It was so cool. It's
1: it is everything. Like that is everything. <laughs> my god.
0: Uh... Okay, one more
1: one more thing before we move off of the original series. Yeah. Can we talk about Frank Archer for just like a hot <laughs> second?
0: Yeah, we need to talk about this. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could not remember for the life of me who this dude was. And then <laughs> Back as, as a cyborg. <laughs> I
0: couldn't handle it I couldn't handle it I think my jaw dropped because I had completely forgotten about this pool too I was like okay so he's just like another evil guy that shows up and with Kimberly or whatever fine and then he like dies and comes back as half robot and then you're like what and it makes zero sense in the canon of, of Full Metal Agua. Because they never had, like, a robot man show up before. I mean, you look at Al, he's a suit of armor. You think they have robots walking around? Yeah, they have, uh... Oh, I mean, my God. <laughs> they have artificial limbs and whatnot, but they don't have artificial intelligence. I, I don't know, man. I just...
1: I mean, I think lot. it was still his intelligence. It was just, like, it's just so much... It just goes so off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, so, I don't. I don't
0: get it. Do. Archer came back as a robot, half robot. So- <laughs> it was like it was
1: <laughs> nothing short of comical. I could. But I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing.
0: It wasn't just a robot, though. He, like, sprouted a gun from his mouth and then had, like, giant arms or something. Like, I can't even... He had so many firearms in his half-robot body.
1: (laughs) I have one more thing to say before we move on. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did they make Rose so pale in Brotherhood?
0: (laughs) I... I didn't
1: actually realize this until I, I went back and I read the manga and I watched the original uh-huh. series. But, like, they make her, like, sickly pale.
0: <laughs> it, it reminded me of something that they did in Detective Conan, which is one of the, like, minor characters, Takaki. He, like, starts off as tan and brown hair. It was, like, spiky brown hair. And then slowly throughout this the six nine hundred plus episodes now he becomes a pale like flimsy haired I don't know (laughs) Japanese dude (laughs) like he was always Japanese but then he just slowly became more pale but then between original series and Brotherhood for Full Metal Rose just like like her skin tone just flips a switch. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe people were confused like they're like, "Oh, is Rose part Ishvala because she's pale?" and it's like, I mean, because she's tan, it's like, "No, there are other tan characters."
1: Yeah, I mean that that's actually that, are something not that, I, that I found really interesting was uh that they never they can never identify an Ishvalan until they see their eyes, which yeah. basically implies that there are other characters with with darker skin that aren't Ishvalans, which yeah. Good choice. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Um. Okay. I I want to touch briefly on the manga because I know we we both haven't read it super in depth. Like the last time I read this, I was like twelve.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I read the one shot. Yeah. And it is basically a mishmash of Lior and the mining town Yuzwil. Uh huh. And. I feel like the the kind of core of the the series is already there. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see how it evolved from there. Uh Ed's terrible edgelord style is there. Which Good. I love I love that throughout both series, there's just con like everyone constantly like you think for a second, oh, you know, he's just—it just turns into looking like that because of alchemy. No, it's just because Ed has a terrible like sense of style. He does. Everybody <laughs> in the series is constantly like egging him about it. It's so funny. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but yeah, that's that's uh, all I, that's all I have to say about the manga. Uh, I mean, Brotherhood obviously follows the manga closer, but I yep. think the original series does some of the stuff better. But I think that's nothing yep. new. So. Let's get into the meat of the discussion. Let's talk about Brotherhood. Or at the very least... The yeah. stuff that we can talk about with the Brotherhood. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. So, <laughs> the beginning gets shortened. And here is where I will go into why I think that is kind of lame. So the reason I really like the original series and, and the manga is... Because it is the manga, or the the Fullmetal Alchemist as a as a work, is kind of about this journey, right? You know, to the point where I'm pretty sure the last episode of of Brotherhood is is titled "Journey's End."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like the fact that there is a little bit of of wandering around and and kind of being lost is what makes it compelling to me it's because brotherhood is the thing about brotherhood is that the beginning is tight it's like very tightly written yeah to accommodate the fact that it is basically recapping 24 or so episodes of the original series yes and the way they do that is basically they just take most most of the two like two episode arcs and they shove them into one and then some of them they just omit completely like that i i think that the the beginning part of the series where they're wandering around listlessly not listlessly but like trying to figure out you know clues here and there and it's not even that many chapters it's only like 11 or so chapters before they start to kind of get get an idea of where to go right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i think it's so important for the narrative because it is it is where they start to build relationships. It's where we start to get insight into Ed and Al as characters. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's where we really start to build attachment to these characters and, and the ways yeah. that they affect other places. And because Hiromu Arakawa never forgets anything, yeah. By the end of this series that shit comes up again.
0: It, I love that the freaking very first incident in Brotherhood wraps up all the way towards the end. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like,
1: I, I th- it's, it's, I feel like that might be the weakest link because it, it isn't, it is a Brotherhood only thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it, it is, it is there to wrap everything around again, which, yeah. you know, is, is fine. Uh, I, I think because it is only like an episode. It doesn't necessarily. It does a good job of doing what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't. It kind of leaves some other holes basically that that mm. would I would like to have been filled, but mm. I don't think it matters that much because you know it's just like an introductory pilot, you know, first episode sort of deal. Yeah. But yeah, I I I think that the wandering bit really like it. It sucks that we don't get to see the use well thing. Like the the mining town yeah. where Yoki because, comes especially from,
0: especially because they have Yoki, Because Yoki and, comes and, and, back. <laughs> yeah, and then and also then anyone also, who doesn't know about it, I don't know. And also
1: <laughs> when when May is is there, she's in Yuzwil. Well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean,
1: I I, I also think that they do a better job of establishing the characters and attachment to the characters, because yeah. I, I feel like they're really kind of phoning it in for Brotherhood. I mean, obviously, it's a really tightly written 16 episodes or so before they start getting into where the the actual main storyline is. But yeah, it kind of takes away from from and I mean, it doesn't take away entirely right by by then you're already going to be attached to, to Ed and Alan or Journey. But they're kind yeah. of hoping that you already are from having watched the original series or read the manga. They're just like, these are the yeah. characters you like. Ah!
0: I, I can see arguments for, for both ways in terms of like for what they did and against what they did, right? Obviously, what we just went over is against what they did. But I can see arguments for what they did because they got actually a lot of criticism for the few episodes that they used to recap the same material in the original anime. Like people thought it was boring. They thought it was dumb to go over the same material, but it was necessary, right? Uh, and I think, furthermore, uh, another pro towards doing it the way that they did it is because it it prevents people from making the original anime irrelevant, right? It makes it makes the original anime worth watching because you get to see that further in depth. Like development and attachment to characters that were kind of skipped over or you know summarized too quickly in Brotherhood, and if they had done it the other way, where they basically combined the good parts of the original series and put it into Brotherhood, Brotherhood would have been a freaking outstanding, perfect, amazing anime on its own. But then the original would basically be a waste of time. I mean,
1: I don't. I mean, I I, I don't see any merit in keeping the relevance of an anime if you can just like do it again but better right
0: yeah like the thing the thing is i i
1: understand why they did it i just don't agree Mm -hmm. with it and you know financially it also makes sense why they did it because you're you're not if it's airing week to week you're not going to do that you're not going to give each arc the same time and attention you're gonna wrap it up as tightly as possible so that you know you can get through it and obviously they're going to receive criticism about it because people have already seen it but
0: like yeah it's
1: to me brother brotherhood would have been like 11 out of 10 perfect if it had yeah everything yeah i can see why it doesn't i understand why it doesn't i just would have preferred it to be like one whole thing because as it stands i still have to go and recommend people two different shows which is daunting
0: yeah i am i i mean yeah i understand the way that they did it but i am of the same opinion of of i would have liked to just have one series to refer people to um, granted, there are people who have only watched Brotherhood and love it to bits, and 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 then they go and watch the original series if they you know are interested in it. Yeah, and uh, I I think I think it works either way, but I think the people who have the full experience of having watched both of them and then maybe even read the manga on top of that have you know a much better experience. But that's that's speaking to like a lot of series that that do this. Kind of thing where they might have several different types of anime or series going on that that tell the whole story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as far as a remake goes, it is it is like top top tier, like top of the mm-hmm. top of the class. It is so good to the point where it's better than the original. Yeah, and that's pretty rare, honestly. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my maybe like Helsing
0: housing ultimate was freaking fantastic
1: (laughs) that's that's the only other one that really comes to mind yeah yeah it's i mean it it sucks to me because to me like to me i value the the way that the original series handles the first couple of arcs and i also value that thematically as as part of the journey because yeah brotherhood is so tight of a narrative and like this is a strength of brotherhood that it's so tightly tightly wrapped up in the first 16 episodes uh the first couple arcs it's it's like it's not lazy it's not you know uh bad it's actually really well written to be that tight i just don't think it hits the emotional beats of of the the earlier arcs as as strongly and of course of yeah. course, it has to omit some of the things that eventually come up again, which makes people go, "What?" Like nobody who's yeah. nobody knows who Yoki is, unless you already know who <laughs> Yoki is.
0: They there was no way that they would have been able to dedicate a whole episode to use well. Yeah, which which sucks <laughs> in, in because it, it would have yeah. been so
1: so so good.
0: And yeah, I do. I like that they summarized it in like five seconds. <laughs> so,
1: who's this? Oh, that's when Yoki. Yoki.
0: Explains it. Yeah, he was just like, "You did this to me," and then he lists it all at once, and then you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, there's the context." <laughs>
1: pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Like the way the way that they they kind of wrap it up is really uh, like, as I said, it's really tight. It's really well done. I yeah. I will say. Whenever I watch *Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I always run into the same thing, like always, 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 where the first couple of arcs are so fast for me that I don't realize that they're over. Mm. Where I am, I am like eight or so episodes in. I'm like, they've already covered that much. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, this thing took them like 20 episodes to cover, and they're only on episode eight.
1: <laughs> so the first part always goes by really, really fast, and then the second yeah. part always goes by like way slower than I'm expecting it to.
0: Yeah, they they slow it down a lot because they're like, ah, we're now we're into the manga material that we didn't cover in the other. Right. Series. <laughs> it's it's not that I'm not like
1: it's not that I don't like it because I, I I don't think like the pacing is slow or anything, but. When I'm on episode, like, 50-something, 50 like, 52 or 53, and they're, like, all grouping together to to do, like, the promised day thing or whatever, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. so, that, you know, we must be in the last four episodes. No, there's 10 episodes left. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, there's
0: still more! <laughs> and I
1: mean, it, it never drags, but I always forget yeah. how long it is.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I... I I mean, I, I will say I like Brotherhood so, so much, but I think part of the reason that I like it so much, and I mean, this isn't to say that you can't enjoy Full Metal Alchemist while having only just watched Brotherhood, because I, I don't think that's true, mm-hmm. but I still think that it is valuable for one's first experience with the show, if possible, to be watching both series in, in succession.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: Yeah, uh, I would have liked it if it w- it could just been one. And usually if I'm recommending, it, I just recommend Brotherhood. I'm like, yeah, it'll be better if you watch, you know, the original series and then you watch Brotherhood. But I understand that people have time constraints and that they can't do that. And no, and nobody I've ever recommended that to has ever watched both.
0: <laughs> so,
1: you know, that'll- that tells you really all you need to know. Like if you say, uh-huh. "Oh, you can just watch Brotherhood, but it will be better if you do both." People will just watch Brotherhood. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah, I think Brotherhood does a good enough job that as as a as an introductory experience to Full Malchemist, it is, it is good. It's it's really really good. The only problem that I have is it. Lessens the impact of of the original series, which at some points can be said to be a little bit melodramatic, and I think I would tend to agree.
0: Oh the, my god, that whole episode really, where, uh, th- like, there was the one where freaking Al is freaking out about like, did did you make up my soul? Did you? Did I mean, okay, that happens artificial? in both
1: both of Brotherhood and it the movie no, too. I'm, though I'm
0: saying it does happen in both, but the way they did it in the original was like hair pullingly dramatic (laughs) yeah it was it was a lot the way that they did it in brotherhood was so good it was it was simple it was succinct it was just like ed gets up and he walks out the room and then winry's the one who chastises al like you motherfucker you don't have any idea what ed's been thinking this whole time (laughs) yeah and yeah and then the other one like in the original al jumps out a freaking window he goes on a rooftop and they yell at each other and they cry and Oh God! <laughs> That's just one example
1: <laughs> yeah i uh,
0: I don't know i i
1: I feel like it it lessens the impact of the first couple arcs and then also you're getting basically like a subpar experience for the other half of the show that you're like other half of the the, the sh- like show that you're watching basically it's just like okay, this goes off the rails and is a little confusing, whereas Brotherhood is somewhat confusing, but at least makes sense by the end. You can at least follow it. Whereas yeah. I mean, the original it, is it, kind of like... The plot wraps mm. up
0: really well, in my opinion. Like, yeah. If I were to rewatch, like, if I had to choose between which one to invest in my time to rewatch again again, <laughs> uh, it would probably be Brotherhood for me because oh, I for sure. enjoy the plot elements way more. Now that I already have the emotional attachment, it's like, okay, now I can like go through and like enjoy the genius of Arakawa's plot writing. Like, oh my gosh, it all wraps up and connects.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... Thematically, it's so strong, and like the characters are so well-written and so strong. And the thing about Full Metal Alchemist mm-hmm. is that I feel like Full Metal Alchemist is somewhat underappreciated as a series, which is Kind of a weird statement to make about a series that is like universally yeah. beloved, <laughs> but like it is a series that is so well rounded sometimes you you forget because nothing sticks to you like i
0: think i think i i I tend to agree because like when people think of like their favorite anime series, I've only heard a few people talk about like oh Full Metal Alchemist because it's such a it's such a mainstay that I think a lot of people just like. I don't know. They kind of forget that I mean, that it's something that they they love because it's already assumed that they love it. Maybe <laughs> they, they
1: kind of they kind of take it for granted. I mean, I yeah. I have said this again and again, but I think Full Metal Alchemist is a is very much a workhorse series. You know, it is mm-hmm. so well rounded that like there's no there's no sharp edges for you for it to cling to you with. Right? It's. Like mm-hmm. the only people I've ever heard say Fullmetal Alchemist is their favorite anime are people who don't watch a lot of anime.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Right, and it's like if you if you watch a lot of anime, generally speaking, you will you will develop a a different you know taste. But like Fullmetal Alchemist is something that is that is such wide appeal and is so universally recognized yeah. as being good that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to some extent, I feel like it might just be that if you say that, you know, it sounds like. You haven't seen a lot of anime, I guess, but like full I,
0: th- I guess full, so.
1: Fullmetal Alchemist is I will say I think I think I will I will say this like I I I will kind of put out a statement which is I think that Fullmetal Alchemist is basically everyone's second favorite anime. <laughs> <laughs> like it is it is an anime that everybody loves basically. And one that it is like pretty hard to find faults in, but yeah. to the point where it, it, you almost take for granted how good it is.
0: Yeah, like, because everyone knows Full Metal and they know the characters, they even know character arcs, and they, they certainly know Show Tucker because he's freaking notorious. Oh my God, you, there's uh, so many
1: Nina memes. <laughs>
0: so many she's been meaned into meme heaven but
1: <laughs> she's just uh, it is it is one of
0: those things that's like it's it's good and such a mainstay that like if someone were to say you know that their favorite series was like i don't know like naruto people would be so quick to point out all the flaws in naruto but i feel like that's a little harder with full metal like yeah it has plot holes but like there, yeah. the plot holes are insignificant if, compared to the whole series. <laughs> if you said
1: that Full Metal Alchemist is your favorite series, you would just get some like a kind of approving nod to be like, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But like, ah, you you yeah. wouldn't get like <laughs> I feel I feel like I mean obviously I think that having your favorite anime be something that's not like quote unquote mainstream is like kind of a lame idea and it's not like the me- the measure of your fannness I guess you know the measure like
0: it's like that hipster mentality exactly like, oh, exactly it's that, <laughs> it is
1: 100% that hipster mentality and i think it's like i i think that sucks i think that's bunk
0: it does suck and so
1: you know if if someone's favorite series is full my alchemist it's not going to get you any like anime nerd cred but it it won't get you yeah. like lambasted
0: yeah, it won't be like <laughs> casual. Yeah, exactly. Kind it won't of. be like <laughs> <kind of laughs> casual. It'll be like
1: okay, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I I like other series more than Brotherhood for different yeah. reasons, right? Yeah, me like too. I have I have favorite anime that are not Full Metal Brotherhood, but I think. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a masterclass in terms of writing, character, and and theme, and intertwining those into into anime as as like a medium, uh, and yeah. as as a piece of media, I think it's so important. Period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, like not not a, not even as an, as an anime, but as a piece of media, it is important. Yeah, and it there's a lot to be taken from it, mm-hmm. and it and yet. Again, I I keep coming back to this, this feeling of, but it's still not my favorite anime, but it is something that I could watch forever and never get tired of.
0: Me too. Right. (laughs) It is, it is
1: like the, it is like the homemade, well, I was going to say like chicken noodle soup, but really it's like whatever your mom or your grandma made you for when you were sick, right? It's just something you can kind of eat all the time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like, other other shows may be like, <laughs> oh, expensive lobster or wagyu beef. But, yeah, you know, yeah, if you yeah, ate yeah, that yeah, every yeah. day, yeah. you would mm-hmm. get sick of it easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I very much think that that anime is is similar. I could watch brother, like, heck, I watched all of the original series and then all of Brotherhood back to back. That's what I was going to say. Over the like, course of a like, week, take it
0: from us: we watched all of these series back to back in the span of two weeks. I watch a lot of anime, <laughs> and
1: there are very few I could do that with.
0: I was worried that you know after having finished the original series and having to immediately jump into Brotherhood, I was just like, oh no, what if I get into that fatigue? Of and then it'll affect my opinion of Brotherhood. But as soon as I started up episode one and I was in it, I was just like, "I'm not tired at all. I could watch this all." Yeah, I could watch (laughs) (laughs) Fullmetal Alchemist forever. Forever. (laughs) I I think when it
1: comes down to it, I it is the story structure of Fullmetal Alchemist is so unique that Mm -hmm. it is it is nigh impossible to get tired of. Every every single because yeah. uh, I know what happens every time I watch it. I rewatched yeah. Brotherhood <laughs> recently before this this rewatch. <laughs> I, I think I watched it over like winter break or something.
0: Yeah, but
1: I rewatched it again and I was like, oh my god, this still goes so hard. Because every time every time that first opening kicks in for Brotherhood, you're like, oh, we go again.
0: Yes, yes! we go
1: again,
0: <laughs> again.
1: And then. Any Anytime one of those like real cool twists happens, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ah! there are legitimately <laughs> moments in Full of Brotherhood where I cannot help but grin at how mm-hmm. how good it is, like how mm-hmm. hype it makes me feel.
0: Yeah, I think for me, one of those moments was was Olivier Armstrong. <laughs>
1: God, she's she's so cool. I love her.
0: She's one of the coolest main characters. Well, she's not main main, but she's like one of the most important characters in the latter half of the series. <laughs>
1: she's got that big dick energy.
0: You <laughs> can actually say that for and most then, uh, of the women
1: in this in this series.
0: They're all really, really good. <laughs>
1: right. this, is, this is honestly why I don't have a problem with Brotherhood killing off Lust so early. Because, my God, mm-hmm. it happens way earlier than you think it does. Every time. Yeah.
0: You're like, yeah, oh. I mean, yeah. I was just like, oh, oh, they're already facing up. Oh, <laughs>
1: she's dead. <laughs> and the reason I I don't think it's like the the greatest sin of all time is because there is a huge huge cast of amazing strong female characters, and they're all strong in their own ways. And yeah. That is how you write women characters. Like you can't just have one person be there to stand in for all women. You have to yeah. have this diversity of women. Mm-hmm. And have them all have different things that they want. Like my god, it is it is so nice that we get like Izumi Curtis who is you know, physically very strong, you know, very uh, very good alchemist, a good person who also desperately wants to be a mother like that's the that's her the greatest wish she has in the world contrasted with you know uh, olivier armstrong who doesn't give a shit about any of that and she just wants to be <laughs> doing her job effectively yep and yep. but and yet she still is is shown to be like soft quote unquote when it comes to her her crew you know she's like yes she she gives out this aura of being, like, cold and and imposing, but even then, she's just, uh, she's, like, uh, you know, she gives the instructions, like, you know, if, if we don't, if you are not back in 24 hours, we'll close the gates, but then she gives them a broken watch so that it never comes. Yeah.
0: Right? Like- and it's 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 so good because it's not necessarily like a feminine quality. Like oh, all women have a soft spot. It's like all the characters, like all people in general, have a soft quote unquote soft spot. Right. right. Well, they have they have something they care about. The
1: fi- the feelings that are are ascribed to these characters are are not inherently you know masculine or feminine.
0: Exactly. But they're
1: all nuanced in such a, an important yep. way. Like yeah. Winry is a character that doesn't fight, but if she wasn't there, the series couldn't happen.
0: Right, yeah. Like she's
1: there to support the the boys, and yeah. she's such an Im- important like contrast to them. And
0: she also has like her own arc though too. You're like right. that whole confrontation with Scar and her was so powerful. It's like it oh was my so god, strong. this never happens in the original series. Oh my god! Like it's <laughs> it's
1: such a good moment when yeah. when you know Ed is like you know your hands are are not made for killing they're made for for healing
0: yeah. and. Yeah,
1: that is such a good moment because it it characterizes all of the characters in that scene so, so strongly. You know, you have Ed who bears the burden of of killing on himself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He he never purposely kills anybody, but he bears the burden of violence. He you know, he says like, "Eh," like, Al, I did this to you. I'm going to become the state alchemist. I'm going to become a dog of the military. And, you know, by that very nature, he is kind of bearing that cross and so he doesn't want Winry to have to do it and you know Winry wants Ed and Al to talk about things and not be so shut into themselves only all the time you know to she wants to support them right and that's different she's strong in a different way from the other female characters and that's like that's what's so important and like there's also like supporting male characters too and oh moi so good. <laughs> I could I could talk about the way that Fullmetal Alchemist characterizes all of its characters with nuance and depth and forever basically.
0: Forever. forever. Each character. Each, uh. each character. <laughs> like
1: and I mean let's let's not just let's not undersell the fact that like the char- the main character of Fullmetal Alchemist is a disabled boy, right? He's mm-hmm. got physical disabilities that or and this is my favorite thing of all time they're never like swept under the rug either e- yeah. every single time that it is shown to to be in in ed's like favor for him to have that auto arm or leg is like oh so good and i i love it when it gets destroyed and he can't do anything and i love it when he gets a new arm and he's like haha guess what scar it's made of a different metal <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my that I was honestly from my, my time favorite in I the love winter that. I love that so much, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was like, hey, hey it's
1: carbon fiber
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, above all, yeah. else I love that all the characters care about things, like they all care about things so deeply that they are willing to go to the ends of the earth to to accomplish those things, and they do,
0: <laughs> mhm.
1: Oh my god it's so good. Like even even Hohenheim is is like oh you're such a bad dad and you just left. Is you you eventually learn his reasons for leaving too and you're like, "Well, okay."
0: Yeah, you're like, "Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> I guess." And then you know by the end you're yeah. like, "All right, Hohenheim, you're not too bad."
0: And, yeah, and then you're like you kind oh. of like as a viewer because you're in the in the viewpoint of Ed, you you kind of like have an inherent animosity towards him because of what he did because oh, yeah. you're seeing everything through Ed's point of view, and then towards the end, I feel like we as a viewer feel the same way towards Hohenheim as Ed does, which is like this begrudging acceptance of okay, you weren't such a bad dad, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's you weren't a totally awful person.
1: It's so good that the way that they they build it and like yeah, visually too. there's a lot of gradual growth. Because Full Agamist is a series about growth and moving forward and living. But, like, the fact that Ed so gradually gets taller is so good, especially (laughs) after his automail has been switched out to the lighter model.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that they take into account the measurements for him, too, when they were adjusting his automail, like, oh, you got a little bit taller. Yeah,
1: I I wrote this down, but Ed is the same height as Winry in episode thirty-nine of Brotherhood, and in episode forty-six, Ed is noticeably <laughs> taller, and that's like three months. Yes, yeah, and you know, I mean, that makes sense. He's like sixteen when the series starts happening, like Growth. in, in full. So he actually starts growing, especially when they take mm-hmm. those fucking weights off his arms.
0: <laughs>
1: like, I love that every little detail that is of some importance is is accounted for
0: explained like the fact that hohenheim al and ed have gold hair and golden eyes yeah they're from <laughs> the country
1: that exploded
0: yeah <laughs> it's like oh that, so that's why the dad genes are so strong in these kids because he's, it's significant to his history
1: right it's and i mean it is it it is really interesting the way that the like the show and the series in general deals with this kind of, like, the sins of the father thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of moral quandaries surrounding situations that cannot be avoided and what to do in those situations, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I I love Roy Mustang and Riza Hawkeye because I think their arc is really good. I think their dynamic is one of the best duo dynamics yes. in anime. Yes. And... I I love that in Brotherhood, it's it's revealed where Mustang gets his fire alchemy. Yes!
0: his flame alchemy.
1: And <laughs> and also like the burden that they both carry from that and from the Ishvalan mm-hmm. war is so good. Mm-hmm. Like my goodness, <laughs> it, it it explores. I I feel like it explores military violence in such a such a an honest way and in, in a way that doesn't like pull any punches you know yeah it's like you have all these you have all these people who obviously have entered the military and they're good people and they've entered for good reasons and
0: they still do harm like yeah i love the the different stories that they tell with the different alchemists and their reactions to the war throughout the series
1: right like god Uh god knows like mustang is not a a black and white character because he, he participated in a
0: genocide yes and uh, so did so did Riza, and she. I love the explanation that she she says where uh, the difference between her as a sniper and the alchemist versus a regular soldier, right? right? Where if you send out a sniper or an alchemist, you're you're guaranteed someone's going to die. Versus a soldier, it's like oh, there's there's a chance that you know you might miss or whatever, whatever, right? Um, but I also like the other soldiers um, stories, too, where you have like Kimblee, who relished in the violence of the war to the point of wanting to do it all over again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Versus like uh, versus Armstrong, who he ran away from the war holding a dead child in his arms. He was crying. <laughs> right. I and he was admonished by his sister. Who thought of him as you know weak and useless and and not responsible for the duty that he signed up for? I also love that th-
1: the designs for Kimberley in the original series and in Brotherhood are two sides of the same douche coin <laughs> like his his haircut in the original series is so bad in exactly the way that that Kimberley would wear. Whereas in in Brotherhood his white suit is so terribly gaudy in exactly in the suit. way that Kimberly would wear. Like yes. He's he's a character that is so easy to dislike on yeah. purpose. And then yeah. also and even, even even Kimberly in the end you feel something for because he's he's just like, "Oh, what's this?" Like his douchebaggery actually Comes in handy for when pride tries to eat it Transcended.
0: I loved it.
1: (laughs) That moment was
0: so good. I was like, "Oh, yeah, it was awesome."
1: (laughs) Yeah, i i i i like that Kimberly is a character that is so obviously a villain, and and yet also is is a character who is. Solely guided by his his desire to fulfill his goal,
0: he is on his own side, and so I think for the most part he's he he's like the classic antagonist where it is he's 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 basically opposed to what the protagonist is supporting, right? And I mean that's the definition of antagonist. But then towards the end, because his goal and the protagonist's goal align. He ends up being a force for quote unquote good.
1: <laughs> right. At at the very but least his he's goals never change. evil. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is I love the way that it doesn't treat these issues as as black and white. Yes. That that people people in general are a spectrum and uh, Yeah. I, I think that's pretty pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Cute. Cool. Uh
1: I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about the homunculi.
0: Homunculi,
1: kind of, kind of like thematically. I love, I love that in in Brotherhood, we get a much more subtle and nuanced portrayal of homunculi as wanting to be humans. Mm-hmm. Because I think at the end of the day, a Father as a character is somebody who. Wanted to transcend humans, and and at the same time wanted to be human. Not that like he would acknowledge that, right? But you know what you get from from this like kind of story that that we we get is you know uh, an artificial creature, homunculus, dwarf in the flask, who wanted to to be free, and basically what you what you ended up. Finding is that, you know, he was looking for freedom in, in the wrong places. and Exactly. Uh, and this is something that Hohenheim even says. You know, he says, like, yep. um you know, like, you berated humans for having to form communities. But isn't that what you really wanted? Because, yep. you know, he, mm-hmm. he excises all of his, like, you know, like, human qualities, his, like, cardinal sins into homunculi. Yes. And
0: then yeah.
1: they call him father. Like, they're a family unit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it just shows like that psychological tell of this was what you really wanted. You you formed it without even realizing it, and you didn't know what you had and, until you know the the rug got pulled out from beneath you. Uh, I think that was that was brilliant. Um, I do think it was interesting that they talk about the homunculi and and the seven sins but they never at least in from what i saw never once mentioned the seven virtues which you would you would expect because they're the direct you know contrast to the seven sins and i think that was extremely purposeful like something like that is a lot less identifiable in in this kind of story, but is told basically through the struggles and the stories of of the other characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would say that even like like the fact that there are no named characters after the Seven Virtues is yeah, I think that's exactly that's, um, purposeful. And yeah. at the same time, I think to some extent we can look at the the deaths of all of each of the homunculi as as the moment of, of virtue, right? It's it's mm, kind of that yeah. it's kind of that ironic like the the same way that the alchemists when they perform human transmutation they get that which is most important to them taken away. Yeah. Right? In in a certain way it happens to the homunculi. So you have uh, pride who basically has to, you know, give up his pride when he's dying and then is turned into a baby. Which is yeah. humility? That's the ultimate humility of having to to return yeah. to childhood. You have yeah. envy, who realizes that he's he's envious of uh of humans, right? And and the mm-hmm. connections that they have, and is basic like envy is basically shown kindness, which is the 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 matching yeah. virtue, and as a result, yeah. kills himself. Yeah. Right. Like it is. It, what envy cannot stand is is the look of pity that that ed gives Mm -hmm. him right because that Mm -hmm. that is a moment of of ed showing kindness towards towards envy yeah Uh, gluttony gets eaten i mean that's that's just ironic
0: (laughs) gluttony (laughs) i mean
1: lust is lust is killed by a man who can essentially never like fulfill his his romantic goals right like for one reason or another, you know, for all of the reasons that that, you know, uh, Riza Hawkeye and, and Mustang are connected, they they cannot you know, they can't be together, basically. Mm-hmm. Even though they even though they want to. You know, Wrath is I mean, Wrath is just satisfied. He's not angry anymore and then he dies.
0: Yeah, he becomes old man, he died. He
1: becomes an old man. And then I mean, greed, I think, is is pretty obvious, right? Like when greed, greed. dies, it is uh, it is the moment when his greed is somewhat... it's like it's sated basically. His greed is sated. Yeah. Because he realizes that, you know, all of the the material goods in the world and and all that wouldn't fill his the hole in his heart, right? Uh but it was in in his last moments that he did something selfless. Like that's like that's really on the nose, right? Like, he sacrifices yeah. himself so that, so that father can be defeated. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you have that. And, and then Sloth, you... I mean, Sloth isn't super well-developed as, as a character. He's just kind of a big, yeah. slow <laughs> boy. But the opposite of Sloth is Diligence. And if you want to think about that, I mean... I would, I would say that the Armstrong family is, like, the picture of Diligence... Like
0: yes, Olivia, Olivia is is someone
1: who basically <laughs> never gave up ever. Yeah, arrested ever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think the the way that the the homunculi end up is is pretty similar to the way that the alchemists end up um, on the other end of human transmutation.
0: Yeah, I think I think the. The people that they face off with, and who ultimately, I guess, are responsible for "quote unquote" killing them, are as guilty of the sins that they represent, but also represent the virtues that they uh, are juxtaposed with.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, it's not it's not like a, a black or white thing again either, right? Because yeah, of course, it is. It is clearly shown that father is less equipped uh to like father is is less perfect because he lacks the like the 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 sins quote unquote right yeah like these because in excess they are sins but in moderation they are simply human desire yeah right so because father forsakes the very thing that makes him closer to humanity you know that's ultimately his his downfall, because yeah his uh, his sins went on to to embody more and more human traits. As uh, I mean, greed especially. Yeah, and I I think also also wrath to some extent is 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 a very interesting character to to look at. Which okay, let's start let's start by talking about the fact that his first name is King, and most people didn't know that. <laughs> His name is King Bradley. Like his first name is King. I am gonna be honest, the first time I ever watched the Modern Alchemist, I thought Fuhrer King was a title.
0: That's what I thought. I was like, oh, okay, so he's the Fuhrer, but they call him King Bradley, right? I thought that was just part of the, the whole name scheme. But his name is King. No, his, his
1: name is literally King. It's just that it's just that when 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 you introduce all of this like subtlety in the naming scheme. But then you translate it to English, none of it is subtle anymore.
0: I I feel like also because his last name could be his last first name could also name be too. a first that name that also yeah. threw me off. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like
1: uh, it would be like if you if you named characters like thematically in line with their characters in in like another language. Like if I named all of the if I wrote a book and I wrote all of the characters' names in Japanese, nobody would be like. Oh, you wrote if this. If we as... named
0: a character Shogun, oh my god! Right, exa-
1: exactly. <laughs> like if 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 you named a character something that is symbolic in another language, but like is like really obvious in that language, then like, of yeah. course, right? Like oh, Riza yeah. Hawkeye, you know no mei like yeah, the hawk's eye, Hawkeye. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean that That aside it's uh whatever
0: <laughs> Whatever
1: I, I think that Wrath is super interesting because He is the only one who gets To be that close To humanity like he gets to age he, And he never Got the opportunity to choose anything For himself his entire life was this path Laid out for him except for his wife And I think that's his wife I think that's Like my god That yeah. that was such a Good subtle moment yeah. Because they, they and this is this is again credit to Hiro Murakawa for never forgetting anything. Like mm-hmm. they mentioned it once when when Riza is his assistant and I think that's a that's a great moment because it is the moment where Wrath is like, Oh you know, I may not be a, a human being, but at least I get to like choose the person I wanna be with. Whereas you mm-hmm. cannot right Mm -hmm. and that's where that's where hawkeye both you know gets egged first of all (laughs) egged (laughs) but at the same time she she like sees herself in in bradley in in fear king bradley and (laughs) like that's that's the moment of of reflection of the human in the non-human because obviously, yeah. like the hum- homunculi are shaped like humans; they're they're meant to act as foils for the human characters. And the fact that it comes up later again when he's dying is so good. Like, mm-hmm. ta- ta- this is legitimately how you uh, inform character without just like info dumping people, right? Yeah. The exchange between wrath and scar where it's just like you know do you have any message for your wife or whatever like any last words for your wife or whatever and he's just like she's the woman I chose of course I don't need to right like that's such a good good line
0: yeah like it's so
1: strong and it says so much in so Mm -hmm. little
0: yeah it's like she knows what she's getting into she my wife
1: (laughs) right and I mean like she doesn't know he's a homunculus but at the same time, you can you can tell that even then there's some there's some attachment for for him there as, yeah. you know, something that he got to choose for himself and and maybe yeah. like as a as a person. Right. And like, yeah, even even pride. Is is to like that to some extent, you know, he's just like,
0: that's what I was thinking, right. too. Yeah.
1: Like e- even he admits like, you know, it wasn't terrible. Right. It was it was kind of fun. It's kind of like I I, yeah, I wondered he, if this he, was what having a family was like. And like as the first homunculus, right, right as the one closest to father, right? That feels yeah. like that feels like such a I mean, I, like feels like a deep cut right there.
0: Yeah, like the whole moment where he's explaining why he has any kind of feeling whatsoever toward, you know, his quote unquote mom. Right. And And how he couldn't understand why on earth she would risk her own life just to save him. You know, he thought that humans were lesser than that. Uh but he admits that she's one of the rare exceptions that he's seen. And it was so good. <laughs> and the fact that he ends up with her at the end. Oh,
1: yeah. That was adorable.
0: I I also
1: think yeah. that to some extent that is it explains kind of one of the potential plot holes, which is like what if they just like left, right? But it's like, oh, we like we know what you're like, you know, you wouldn't, and you know it's true, they wouldn't, yeah. So let it, let's let's talk about let's talk about Ishval a little bit. Ishval, Ishval, it's it's very well done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good, we did it. Congratulations. No, <laughs> I mean
1: it, the thing about Ishval is, as as a uh, as as an American viewer watching it. It will immediately kind of like set off some uh some familiar themes to uh stuff yeah. that happens, especially if you grow up around now.
0: American history. American history. Not the best history. No. Yeah.
1: It's it's very interesting because it was uh the experience of the Ishvalans were primarily drawn from the uh Ainu people is i think what Hiram Arakawa said oh. in, in an interview, so when she was writing Alchemist*, she uh essentially used you know the uh the Ainu people experience as uh you know uh inspiration for for ishval, which makes a lot of sense to be fair like oh it's a s it's a piece of it's like a piece of media about a uh corrupt military enacting genocide for like bad purposes that sounds like japan
0: <laughs> uh, yeah i actually that actually is really surprising to me i thought that she was going for the whole germany jewish genocide i mean i
1: i also think that's that's a lot of that inspiration because because of how a mistress is is basically just like it's fantasy germany,
0: germany. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to the point where the original series... And they're Aryan-looking. I mean,
1: to to the point where the original series is like, oh, this is just... This is real Germany.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, and the whole uh, scene where, you know, Scar unfortunately murders Winry's parents is because they look so Aryan, a.k.a. Armestrian, uh, with the blonde hair and blue eyes, and he gets haunted by the blue eyes that... Uh, yeah, I mean it he, is he murders them on site. Like so. what I
1: really like about that is it it refuses to play into this really simplistic view of of what war is like. You know, mm-hmm. even even conflict like the Ishvalan conflict, where a mistress basically comes in and 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 acts genocide, right? Where mm-hmm. It, it on a large on a large scale is obviously bad because it was a mm-hmm. cover up for, you know, creating eventually this, this this like I think I think Hawkeye actually says something to this effect where it, it doesn't matter if it was the uh the homunculi that orchestrated the event like they were still the ones who carried it out. They were still the ones who were on the ground killing people right
0: yeah it's it, true it
1: refuses to it refuses to absolve characters of of their of their responsibility in in mm-hmm. in acting and and uh, furthering this conflict right it's it's not just like yeah. oh well i mean you know the military said to do it so uh i mean i guess you can't be at fault you know it is it acknowledges so so clearly that like like you know it was the military that said we should do it, but we still did it.
0: Yeah, I think the they do occasionally have like an NPC or two that are like, "Well, we did this because blah blah blah, like we were right and that kind of thing." And and those people are so quickly like admonished as pieces of trash. <laughs> And I, I'm th- thinking of like the the people who were on King Bradley's council, for example. Oh, no, they were the so ones terrible. That get rounded up at the end. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I also love that they were basically all like sheeple.
0: They were so sheeple. <laughs> like, they couldn't do anything
1: for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it is. It is such a powerful statement about the kinds of violence that the military enacts, not just on the people it is doing violence to, but the people who are enacting that violence for the sake of, of the military, right? Yeah. It is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, it it shows how even, even a one-sided conflict like the Ishvalan War, which was not a war but a genocide, right, is mm-hmm. there are still situations like scar who is rightfully angry about his people and and rightfully Mm -hmm. taking his his revenge you know what he sees as as retribution and yeah and yet he killed two people who we as like the audience and you know some of the characters know are are completely innocent right like yeah it it so refuses to play into a simple narrative about about war, like oh, war is bad, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, et cetera, Right? Even even like, uh, even Grandma Pinako talks about how even though the war was terrible, the fact that it was terrible means that there's a lot of business for auto mail makers, right? It's like yeah, my my children died in this war, but this war is the same reason we can put bread on the table. Yeah. Yeah, it's i i i love the ways in which it refuses to be like a stereotype or an archetype or like a a simple reading of of a conflict like
0: i think it it resonates so well um i i also love their treatment of someone like ed who who rolls in after all of that and has no idea or is only like basically heard of the Ishvalan war because it has happened recently, and it you know it took Winry's parents' lives, but they've never they don't actually know what it was like, right?
1: Like the only the and only experience the, they've that, had with the war is is that Winry's parents died in it.
0: Exactly, and the no no one in the military can properly explain what happened. They just have to let the boys learn it on their own. Yeah because there's there's no words that can actually be put to to the things that they did.
1: Yeah, I and I I love I love that we get characters like Scar who like Scar isn't a good guy, but he's also <laughs> not a bad guy. Right? Yeah. Like he's a murdering people and murder is bad, but also is yeah. murder bad if your your entire people got genocided? Probably, but yeah. also, right? it's It's never just one one answer. it's like and scar comes around to his own answer, right to his own truth, eventually, where he's just like, yeah, you know i will uh I will do work for my people, right, so that yeah. you know, we can live in peace or whatever, and like you have characters like miles who is is a mixed race person who is like, you know, I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to help bridge this gap right like I'm I want to do this from, yeah. from the inside and you know have people like Olivier Armstrong who is like I need people like you Miles because you can see all these perspectives that I can't and that's like
0: yes my yes.
1: goodness I I would not have re- I would not have like expected that from a western author so much yeah. as like someone living in Japan right now like yeah it, it is so surprisingly poignant and and honest and clear about about the stance it takes on things
0: like especially considering Japan is mostly a homogenous culture like and and that they can have at least Arakawa can have that kind of view and and implement it so well in her story about you know mixed race people like at least Miles he his point of view when he talks about it is that he says that he's probably the only one who can help be the bridge right because of his heritage it
1: it's it's interesting because it it for a lot of it um i i think a lot of it resonates with with people from western audiences in ways that you wouldn't expect yeah and uh i i mean i think that it is pretty clear that each of uh I mean, I want I want to move on actually, but I I like that the conflict is not presented to be like a black and white thing, even even though it's like a terrible tragedy, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's like
1: obviously what the military did was not right, but we still sympathize yeah. with characters like Mustang and Hawkeye and and Hughes who were there in the conflict on the ground, you know, killing people. But yeah. who still are working to, towards something, right? To change.
0: And then, like... I think it was so... It would have been easy to, to just skip over that, but she, she takes it head-on in writing these characters. Right.
1: Like, they're never absolved of their, of their sins. It's, it, they, mm-hmm. it's something that they have to live with as, as soldiers, mm-hmm. right? Even if w- the reason they're there is to change it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think that all of it really comes down to, uh, Hiro Arakawa from what what I've read uh, from uh, Fullmetal Alchemist and from Silver Spoon has this like central philosophy to all of her, all of her writing, which is this mm-hmm. this, this the philosophy of living. It is
0: mm-hmm.
1: so so strong in both of those works about how you know. There's no right path, there's no right way to go. There's only the path that you choose to go, but you can't stop taking it. You can you can take detours, you can stop along the side of the road for a while, but you have to keep going, right? It's mm. this idea that running away isn't isn't cowardly uh or or bad, but something that can give you a new perspective or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's this idea that no matter what, you have to keep living so that you can change, right? It's it's like this philosophy of change. Yeah. Cause like all of the characters in in Film Alchemist have been through unimaginable amounts of of tragedy. And yeah. at the end of the day, like they're still alive, most of them. Um <laughs> i mean listen i you have oh, no. to watch hughes die three different times that's pretty rough oh but like th- i mean that that's the thing that like, there's literally a moment where ed says uh, to al like you know we're still alive so we have to keep going yeah right? like yep it's it, it is this you know this perpetual motion of we can't stay the same and we can't go back to the way we were, so we have to keep moving. The dead are gone and they're not coming back, right? Like they realize that the reason that trans- that human transmutation never works is because like once a s once a person dies, the soul is just gone. Like there's no there's nowhere for it to come back from. It's just not there anymore, right? Yeah. So even if they can get a, a body, right, the the soul is like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it it has a there's a lot of very interesting ideas about, you know, truth and God. Like that that was I think maybe one of my favorite things also about about Film alchemist in in addition to like this philosophy of of living is the way that it treats truth and the way that it treats religion and the way in which it acknowledges that everyone has their own truths, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe you call it God, or maybe you call it something else, but you know that's the reason why everyone has their own gate of truth, because everyone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for themselves, like, truth is a subjective thing. Yeah. So, who's your favorite character?
0: <laughs> oh, no! Um... Oh, no. Who was my favorite? But there's so many, Sue. Oh, I know.
1: Oh, I know. Here.
0: (laughs) Give me a ranking
1: from one to three.
0: Oh, no. Number one, number
1: two, number three. (laughs) Uh...
0: Oh, jeez. I have, like, small, like, like small favorites, right? like people that I'm really glad got more of an arc than in the original series, like I really like how they treated Dr. Marco, for example, mm-hmm. um even though he's like such a minor character, the fact that he's he's also basic he you know is is another perspective on on how war affects those involved, where you know he experimented on Ishvalan people and soldiers, and whatnot, and in, at the end of the day, was, when he was confronted by Scar, was like, you know what? You deserve to do whatever it is that you want to me. I did horrible things to your people that I can never repent for. My life is yours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And then Scar decides to spare him because he's more useful alive than dead, and then... Dr. Marco, in a very small way, is able to help uh, repent by doing something really big, which was figuring out Scar's brother's research. So, in a sense, if Scar hadn't learned how to be merciful by that point, then they never would have been able to figure out the research and and have the other circle inscribed on his arm.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I
0: thought that was really cool. Um, I love Scar as a character. Oh God, I Scar love is May. so good. <laughs> Mei's a small but wonderful character too. Um, uh, who else? Ling too. I love Ling and Greed. Oh my god, their whole conflict was so good. Uh,
1: Greeling was my f- w- like Greed. And- <laughs> greedling <laughs> Greed and Ling are my number one spot.
0: They're really good. I'm I counting them, them as the same
1: person because they come in the same body. <laughs> I I love. Oh my goodness! Every single time I see the moment of conflict and greed after he kills, what's his face?
0: Oh yeah! I was like, (gasps) and then and then when he was he broke down and cried. I was like, oh, greed.
1: That was my favorite. I love I love Greed's character arc in in Brotherhood. Yeah, Uh, it
0: was really. That's my top character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then it probably just mm-hmm. goes down from there, Reza, Hawkeye, Roy,
0: Mustang. <laughs> Reza, Hawkeye, Roy, Mustang.
1: <laughs> Mustang could be my number three boy. I have his Nendoroid.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna get that
1: Hawkeye Nendoroid, too. Mm. i want to make him hold <laughs> hands.
0: I liked. I like how they treated Barry in Brotherhood, too. Oh, yeah. He got a, he got a more of a character development thing. Like, you... They don't have that whole, like, confrontation where Ed is in the freezer with him, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't, I guess that just never happens in Brotherhood or in the manga. I have no idea. I actually kind of
1: wanted to, like, yeah. read faster <laughs> to see if I could get to that point, but then I didn't. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. It's fine. Yeah. I, I think that was cool. Um, I, I liked I liked the fact yeah, that Barry I mean, came back. Yeah, I think it was cool back. that
0: he got to see his own body, and, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was—he was, was kind of like the foil for Alphonse. Yes, yes, he
1: certainly was. I—I <laughs>
0: I also love that yeah. he's just
1: like, "Oh, I don't—I don't care if I was made up. Like, I'm here to do one thing, and that's cut people up."
0: Yeah, and then at the end, he's like, "No, don't kill me! No, <laughs> no I still have people to kill!" <laughs> ah, <no! laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a favorite. I love them all. <laughs> I know.
1: The the characters in this sh- the show are so likable. It's so hard to pick.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Except for greed. Yeah. I love greed.
0: Greed's really good. I liked envy at the end. You know, that whole emotional just yeah. spillage of everything <laughs> that was envy. I kind of love that envy is just and- like a
1: shitlord right till the end.
0: Yeah, right till the end, and then, and, and but no, you can't help but feel bad for him, like, just... I love, I love,
1: oh my god, watching Envy get toasted by Mustang is so good, though. Oh it's so god. cathartic.
0: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I love the, the that little showdown where it was like Dr. Marco versus Envy, or Dr. Marco and the Chimera versus Envy, <laughs> and it was like, oh no... They're gonna get roasted. Do they know what they're doing? And then, <laughs> and then it becomes a thing. And I was like, ah, they're doing it.
1: <laughs> Full monogamous does an amazing job of doing justice to all of its characters and making sure yeah. that they get their dues, their de- and the development that they need, and everything ends so satisfyingly. I love that at the end, it's not just like, oh, by the way, we never got anything. It's so grim, dark, and terrible. I love that it's at the end, this <laughs> like, pretty much everyone, like, it was tragic. It sucked. There were a lot of people that just died. But like, yeah. we're still alive and we managed to achieve what we wanted to, but there's still things out there to do. Right? Mm-hmm. It it is it is so strongly tied to this this philosophy of of continuing to live and grow and and change and like that is ultimately why you know father lost because he didn't do any of that he just stayed the same for like a bajillion years.
0: Yeah, I I loved that lesson a lot that or that whole message, and yeah, I agree. I do like the fact that they show that yeah this is a fictional story and you know there's character growth and and development but it doesn't just wrap up like that like it doesn't stop with them having completed one journey because they can just start another one right after (laughs) like they haven't they become different people than when they started but there's still some things that you know that you can't change that are part of who you are, right? Like Ed and I'll still want to go and find out more about alchemy and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which is good because alchemy. my goodness, we've been talking for a long time.
0: I expected as much. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's Full Metal.
1: <laughs> full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> no Hagane no I I love it. I love it. the sub was so I love good.
0: It. Yeah. Oh, King Bradley.
1: Oh. He opened that
0: up for Ed to be made fun of.
1: You know he did.
0: <laughs> All right. Well,
1: uh what are you up to this week? And also where can we find you on the internet?
0: bruh I will be preparing for my conventions that are happening in 2 weeks. Um I'm guessing since we'll be skipping next time's podcast. No,
1: next time next time be we'll be recording.
0: Well, we'll be here next time.
1: Uh, yeah, because...
0: Aren't you on the road by that point?
1: Uh, no, no. I'm going to New York this Thursday, and I'm coming back on Monday. Okay. So the 20th. And then okay. I will be here until at least September starts.
0: Oh, so you're going to the Europe in September? Yes. Okay, then that's fine. Then the podcast is on!
1: <laughs> it sure is. We will be talking about Devil Man Crybaby.
0: Oh, have fun watching that. <laughs> I will. Maybe if I have it in me, I'll rewatch it. But it took a lot out of me. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm. Uh, I guess I should name the conventions I'm going to. I'll be going to Queen City Anime Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, on the weekend of the 23rd, and then on Labor Day weekend, I will be in San Antonio at San Japan. Wow. That'll be fun. Wow. And yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitch, and on Twitter, and on Tumblr, and Facebook, and all social medias at swan.drawn. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. How about you, Soup? Uh,
1: this week I'm going to New York, and also uh, I have been streaming lately, kind of.
0: The Stardews! I yeah, saw it! Uh
1: mostly I've just been streaming Stardew Valley with some of my friends, and there won't be any from now and until, uh, until after the 20th. So keep that in mind, but you can find me on all the places at literal soup. My Twitch and my Twitter are both that. So if I'm on a place, it's probably that one. Uh.
0: Did you make soup in your farm yet?
1: Uh, I haven't made soup in my farm yet. I've, uh, I've, received soup from somewhere <laughs> that I don't remember <laughs> mystery trout soup
0: from your own existence
1: <laughs> but we're still working on that one and we are well into winter I think so we're just doing okay. a lot of fishing right now which
0: I was gonna say what are you what are you doing now that you don't have plants yeah, to all, water all literally your crops all day. die, so
1: you kind of <laughs> just like wander around and go to the mines and you fish yeah.
0: you have to do other things now <laughs>
1: Uh, I will be playing Dungeons and Dragons tomorrow. We are recording on the 13th, so it is currently Monday, which means it will happen on the 14th. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably already be up, (laughs) or probably already have (laughs) happened, rather. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. If
0: you're recording it, are you posting it? I'm not
1: recording it, and I will not be posting it.
0: Okay, I thought you said you were recording. No, I will tell you about it
1: afterwards, if you want.
0: Okay, yeah, tell me <laughs>
1: But other than that, I am Pretty much just playing Granbu Fantasy and watching anime Same old, same <laughs> old Akechi <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, he got you This time, oh, dude
1: <laughs> Akechi Goro, eat your fucking heart out
0: He's gonna make you Eat your heart out
1: <laughs> Full metal alchemist
0: The <laughs> Full metal alchemist Live!